Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, March 28th. Life asks of us many compromises. Make sure only that you adapt the compromises to your principles and never your principles to any compromise. Wow, that is a really very interesting statement. I, I remember when I read this uh, quite a few years ago. I would probably have been 25 years ago. When I was first living in the Palo Alto area, there was this woman who was a student at Stanford, Palo Alto and Stanford University. That's we're all in the same place, and um, she was very attracted to Master's work. And she came to our temple, and I got to know her. We we were old karmic friends, and so there was a, a, a very nice affinity between us. And I I was very fond of her. We liked each other. Let's put it like that. And much of this teaching really appealed to her, and she was much inclined toward embracing Ananda, but she had other ambitions and desires in life and sort of felt a little unsure. And so she was she was trying to sort of find out how it had worked for me. I would have been in my mid-40s at that point. She was in her early 20s. And she asked me the question because I'd been, I, I'd been part of Ananda like 25 years already at that point. And she asked me if I was happy. And of course, that's what you say. Are you happy with the choices you've made, especially when you're 20 and you're trying to figure out what choices you're going to make? The natural thought is, are you happy? And that's a good question. And I could easily have said yes, because I am. I feel very happy with my life, very satisfied with it. And I did then too. But given what she was really asking me, I said, you know, that, that's the question people everyone, a- ever, everyone asks. And it's a good question. Are you happy? But most people don't like to admit that they're not. And especially if they've made certain choices, they want to just feel like those were the right choices and everything has worked out. It takes a certain amount of courage to say, no, it's just been a bummer and I'm absolutely miserable. So what I said to her was, I said, that's a good question, but it's not the right question in the context of what you're really asking me. I said, I have lived a life, I was a very idealistic young person. I had very high principles for how I wanted to live. And I have not had to compromise a single principle. I said, I have had to understand on a deeper level what it is that I was really trying to do because the form of what my life has done has shifted a few times only within the context of Ananda, really from the outside, no one could even see it. But the form has shifted as I've understood more deeply what it was, what my principle really is because you can articulate a principle in a certain way and then you have experiences and you realize that the, the, the energy is the same, but the articulation of it could be refined. And that I have had to do. But I said, I've never had to compromise a principle. And now it's 25 years later, and I will actually say the same thing. I've never had to compromise a principle. Um, I don't take personal credit for that. It's, it's really because of Ananda, And because of the way Swami Kriyananda has taken high principles and articulated them in such a way that you really can live them. 
that they're not these sort of rigid dogmas, this either or, this uncharitable success or failure, heaven or hell, you know, salvation or damnation. That, that, that those are the kind of principles that people make that you just get trapped into. What Swamiji has always wanted to present to us is what is the essential consciousness and the, the, the principle is the consciousness that we're trying to have in a certain situation. And everything that Swamiji has taught us is, is, is based on your actual experience. It's not based on, well, something that might happen to you after you die or um, just some priest or institutional authority. It's not based on, th- on threat and reward, punishment and reward. It's an actual experience of what brings me what I want in my life, which is, for everybody, is to escape suffering and to find happiness. Um, my friend and I had a very good conversation about it, and um, it, it was, she understood what I was trying to say. She did not choose Ananda. Interestingly, I heard later she was, her background was Jewish, and essentially she chose Israel, which I, I respect. I think that was a real choice for her to make, and it was the right one. She wanted marriage and family and children. Those were big values for her. And of course, in the context of a Jewish person in Israel, that's a very important part of what they're doing. I myself, just as an aside, I didn't travel to Israel until about four years ago. And in four years now, I've been there three times. One, two, three, four times. Um, And uh, I really understand the choice of Israel. It's interesting. I was of Jewish birth. I just came to Ananda, and Ananda is my way. But being in Israel as a Jewish person, I have to say I felt it. And I thought, I have no idea where that woman is. I can't even now remember her name. But uh, I was glad for her. And I hope, I hope she's found both happiness and idealism and has felt that she hasn't had to compromise her principles because that's the most important thing. So here now, what Swami's talking about, and I'm going to add another thing into this, there's several... Um, Guiding, uh, guiding ideals, guiding rules that have, have defined Ananda since its beginning. One of them is, where there is dharma, there is victory. And I believe a variation of that is somewhere in this book, but there's 366 somewheres in this book, so I don't remember exactly where it is. Dharma means that action which leads to higher consciousness. Dharma is also defined as duty, but it's duty to your own higher consciousness, which of course may well include duty to your family, to your friends, to your country, to many other things. But the primary duty is, is as a divine, as a child of God, my first responsibility is to expand my consciousness, and that's what Dharma is. So the, the guiding rule is, where there is Dharma, there is victory. If we always act in such a way as to lead to expanded consciousness, a righteousness will be victorious because it doesn't necessarily mean that I will get what I want or that my choices will be fulfilled. It means that righteousness will be fulfilled. Goodness will eventually triumph. I, I say that very cautiously because many good peoples live according to righteousness and it's not the karma of that incarnation for that life to be triumphant. I mean, the most classic example, of course, is the crucifixion of Jesus, although he had no karma, but, you know, things did not work out so well in the short run. 
either for him or for many of his disciples. But they were they always acted according to Dharma, which is the higher to, to act in such a way as to be loyal to their own higher consciousness. And ultimately the mission of Jesus, well, it changed the world in the way it was destined to do. But the other principle that goes with that, which is equally important for Ananda, is you have to be practical in your idealism. And this is a really, um, for some reason, many people find this tricky. Sometimes people prefer to sacrifice themselves for an impractical cause than to figure out how to take that principle and apply it in a practical way. Now, sometimes practical means precisely the kind of compromise that Swami is telling us not to make. You know, it's, it's practical in the sense of, well, you got to be practical, meaning you got to think about money, you got to put money first. Um, elsewhere in this uh, series of 366 comments, I mentioned as an incident that a friend of mine was caught in with being a, an Ananda publisher, and I'll just summarize it here, I explained it late, longer in another context. Um, he had the opportunity to get a very big contract for our Ananda Publications Company, but in order to do that, he had to break the contracts he had with several smaller distribution companies that had been very loyal to us for many years. Ananda Publications was experiencing a great upswing in sales, and those distributors were also experiencing the shared prosperity. But if we ditched them, Ananda Publications could make a huge amount of money because another distributor was going to be much more lucrative for us, but he wanted an exclusive. So our book salesman didn't quite know what to do, so he called several other publishing professionals, not in ashrams like ours, but just publishing professionals. Every one of them asked him, how much money is involved? And at first he would just answer, and then he realized, if there's just a little money, be loyal to your friends. But if there's a lot of money, sell your friends. And it was just like, as soon as he got that the principle was, if it's enough money, you sell your friends, which is everybody has a price. And so he just turned down the big distributor. He said, we'll take it if we can keep our our commitment to these people who are also depending on us. And if we can't, we won't. And we never looked back and never even thought about it. Because the principle of loyalty to the people who'd been loyal to us, it wasn't like, oh, we can make a lot of money now. And that's what people do all the time. And now, to be practical in your idealism, let me just see if I can think of what an example might be. Oh, dear, what would be a very good example? Well, you could say, oh, this project ought to work because it's such a beautiful project. (laughs) You know, God will protect us if if we want to do it because we're so sincere. Swamiji, Swamiji used to make fun of this. I'm not giving you a very good example. I'll have to find one. Swami would joke about this. The, the dome, the house that he built in, at Ananda in 1971 was a dome. And, and the domes, the geodesic domes, it's a hemisphere made out of triangles all bolted together, so it's angular, but it's still basically a round structure. They're very nice. But we had a lot of problems for years with those because they leaked. And it took us time to figure out how to keep them from leaking, which eventually came to shingle. It would shingle the entire dome, but we tried other things first. And for several years, Swami's house, during the winter, when it rained 60 inches in six months, which is a lot of rain, the house was just like all the water would congregate into a few certain areas and would just pour into the house. You know, just huge. 
in fact, there was a, a, a cellar door in the middle of the floor. It was a very rustic house. And you would lift up like a cellar door, which was in the floor, and there was a steps down. The, the dome was built on a hillside, so that underneath it slanted. You go down these steps, and there was the wood pile, and you'd bring all the wood up and put it into the fireplace and then shut the door. So much water came in that we would literally lift that door and sweep the water out. It was just, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> and Swami would say, oh, jokingly, but, but seriously to God, I'm so sincere, you know, and still you keep leaking on me like this. <laughs> well, you have to also be practical. We could ask God not to rain on us, but the material that we used, you know, it was a, a plastic, a plastic uh, foam spray, some kind of synthetic. And the thing was that the dome expanded and contracted. I don't know why, but part of the, the design was. So it, it just constantly kept cracking. It just kept making cracks. And it's like we could pray as much as we wanted to. The stuff cracked. We, we had to be... We had to be practical in what we were doing. We can't just say, oh, this is a good idea, it has to work. You can't just say, oh, this is a nice person, they'll be able to do the job. If they can't do the job, you have to actually know that you can't really ask that person to do the job. They may be very sincere, but if they don't know how to do it, they don't know how to do it. You might have to work around the fact that you're friends, because the principle of friendship is very important, but you can't just think because they're nice, they'll succeed. And a lot of times people in their lives, they're just not practical in their idealism. You know, a psychic told me that I'm a healer, so here I am healing. Well, what do you know about healing? What have you studied? I, I, so many times with people, they'll come to me and they'll say, healing, for some reason, I don't know why it's the one. I feel I'm supposed to be a healer. Well, that's wonderful. God knows the world needs healers, needs people who can bring harmony and, and bring things back together. I say, what kind of healing are you interested in? You know, do you, do you feel you have power in your hands? Are you interested in uh, Ayurveda medicine? Uh, or do you think your ministry is through prayer? Do you want to learn about, uh, you know, energy in the body? It's just all the, what are you studying? I want to be a healer. Well, you have to be practical in your idealism. You can't just affirm something and think because it's a good idea that it's going to happen. And so being practical in your idealism, but also understanding where there is dharma, there is victory. Now, I'm, I'm going to have to stop now, but I'm going to have to say again, I can't take personal credit for any of this. Swami Kriyananda, in the building of Ananda and, and in his training of me, I just have to say, he's just, been, he's just walked that line beautifully. And the first, the first point is, as long as I remain true to my true principle, and you know, you can be a renunciate, you can be a monk or a nun, and that's your life, or you can be married and that's your life, and I've been on both sides of that question. You know, living as a monastic is not a principle. Being married is not a principle. The principle is to do what I feel guided by God to do. So I could leave the monastery and get married and realize that what I was trying to accomplish, I'm still doing. I'm true to my principle. Because my principle is that I need to do what God wants me to do. And some would say, well, if you leave a monastic life and go into a married life, then you've compromised your principle. No, actually, because that was not my principle. When I was younger, I wanted to, to be a mother and raise children. 
because I wanted to serve. I wanted to help people. And I thought if I, if I helped my children, I would be helping people. And motherhood was my goal for a long time. Then I came to Ananda, and I realized, no, I don't want to just serve a few children, my biological children. I want to really serve an ideal and serve the world. So I've never had children, and I've never been pregnant. But for a long time, motherhood was my principle. But then I learned, no, my principle was I want to serve. And then I began to understand that for me, to serve one family was not expansive for me. It wasn't dharma. It wouldn't lead me to higher consciousness. I needed to forego that and do something else. But my friend over here, who, you know, having children has really been the most wonderful thing that could have happened to her because the principle was to expand her consciousness. So her having a family, my not having a family, him being a monk and my not being a monk anymore, it's not, none of us have compromised. All of us have just refined our understanding of how the principle applies. But if I had, well, and I'm going a little over time, but I'm going to finish here. There was a certain point in my life when I felt that I needed to have a better place to live. I, I, I needed more in my life. And the reason I didn't have it was because I didn't have any money. And the reason I didn't have any money is because I had chosen to work for Ananda. And at that stage of Ananda's growth, there wasn't very much money. And I realized that I was having a true impulse, that I needed to shift my living situation and I needed a more expansive environment. Those were true impulses. But in order to get that at that moment, I would have had to give up the principle of my dedication to serving God through Ananda. So I basically said to Divine Mother, this is your problem. One year later, with no effort on my part, I realized I had shifted where I was living. I was living in a place that looked almost exactly like what I had thought I had needed a year before. But I believe if I had if I had given up the principle of working for Ananda in order to get the money to get it, I wouldn't have ended up in that place. Those are small examples, and I hope that they make the point. So let me read here. Life asks of us many compromises. Make sure only that you adapt the compromises to your principles and never your principles to any compromise. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.